Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, DW. Um, we're into December already somehow, <laughs> and there's only a couple games remaining. Um, the season's kind of flown by, weirdly, um, but at the same time, it seems like it's taken forever, so I don't know what to really feel there, but... Um, yeah, we got a good matchup upcoming, uh, with the Buccaneers rematch. So let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, obviously the Falcons come into this game somehow second in the NFC South with a five (laughs) and six record. Um, the Buccaneers clearly are on top. Uh, and at this point, I, I would say you still have to consider the Buccaneers one of the favorites for the Super Bowl in NFC, um, you know, obviously Arizona's up there, uh, the Rams uh, as well, who did beat you know Tampa Bay earlier this year. Um, this is still a team though that has Tom Brady, the whole kit and caboodle, um, that ridiculous uh, you know plethora of weapons on offense uh, and a, a very good defense as well. So, mm-hmm. um, what is your when you're looking at this game? We, we've already seen these two teams play once. Um, you know, way back in week two when they thumped the Falcons, Matt Ryan had, I believe, two pick sixes in that game, three interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a dreadful game uh, or a dreadful finish. It wasn't actually that bad of a game. You know, the Falcons did score 25 points, but that was with Calvin Ridley on the team. Um, what do you think is or will there be anything different about this matchup now that we're going into week 13 versus going into week two? Uh, yeah, I think it's actually going to be more favorable for the Falcons just because obviously it being at home um, is a big deal. But the fact that, you know, AJ Terrell hopefully will be able to finish the whole game. But, mm-hmm. you know, he left at one point. The game was 25 to 25. Like the yep. Falcons lost 48 to 25. But that was after AJ Terrell, um, you know, left the game and against Tampa, who usually has like a you know, the strong, probably the strongest trio in the league aside from maybe the Cowboys or some other team. Um, but they're going to be without Antonio Brown, who's suspended. He was already on the injury report and hasn't played since week seven, but the NFL handed out some suspensions today uh, due to COVID protocols and stuff. Um, and he's, I think it's three games. Antonio Brown will be out. So he's definitely not playing against Atlanta. And even if, even if those weren't handed out, he was already predicted to be out for two more weeks due to an ankle injury. So uh, they're going to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out there and, you know, AJ Terrell. I mean, he's been a lockdown corner all year. Um, Even his worst games are better than some of the top corners in the league. Like speaking specifically about this year. So I'm excited to see him keep growing. And I love when he has matchups like this against, you know, top talent in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who, you know, they're, you know, some of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, Also, you know, week two, this Tampa team won the Super Bowl, obviously. So they've had a whole year um, to kind of grow together. 
um, now almost two years to grow together. Uh, a lot of their free agents ended up coming back. So, I mean, there's a lot of chemistry there. Um, you know, Tampa hasn't been, you know, performing probably to the level they'd hoped. Um, and I say that, but they still have a, like a great record and everything, but <clears throat> there's been some games, you know, losing against Washington, losing against the saints, the like saints. The, yeah. kind of weird losses for them. Um, so they could easily lose against Atlanta and it would, you know, really, uh, it would be surprising probably for some, but they're one of those teams that like, kind of like Buffalo where they randomly struggle against teams they should probably be beating. Um, so, I mean, you know, but that, that's what I mean. Like when we were talking about week two, the Falcons, you know, a lot of pieces on Atlanta were either young talent who was still learning the position, such as Jalen Mayfield, you know, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts exactly. Um, obviously not having Calvin Ridley is going to be, you know, another blow to the Falcons offensive weapons. That's already kind of limited, but I do like what we've been seeing from Cordero Patterson. I mean, he just, mm-hmm crazy what he's doing out there so i think having you know matt ryan you got to talk about how much more comfortable he is with some of these guys that like cordero patterson for example i'm pretty sure matt ryan knows cordero patterson more than he did in week two um now we're in week 13 so they've had several games to kind of play together and kind of uh for more matt ryan understand like when he can you know throw the ball to certain players um so yeah i I think atlanta's got more of the upswing in this matchup or rematch. Um, although Tampa still remains a really good team. Um, so it's not going to be easy by any means, but I do think Atlanta has like a better chance at winning this game than they did the week two matchup. Yeah. Uh, not that any of us are predicting a victory, but no, no. I mean, even if they lose, I think it's still going to be, you know, it has a chance to be a closer game than people predicted. I don't think it's going to be a 48 to 25 loss. As I mentioned, AJ Terrell, I mean, the second he left that game, it all went to hell. Obviously, he can't help what is happening on offense, but it's kind of hard to ignore that he left and the second he did, the game, you know, took off for Tampa. I think it's going to be, you know, it could be like a seven-point loss or a 10-point loss, but I mean, I don't think it's going to be, you know, 48 to 25 type loss. No, and I'm I'm with you there. And uh, interestingly, with A.J. Terrell, the Bucks in week two, Tom Brady challenged AJ Terrell twice, and he lost mm-hmm. both times. Terrell broke up both of those passes, um, which were those fantastic um, plays where Terrell elevated and, and knocked the ball away. The second one of which is, of course, what gave him the concussion uh, and then the knocking him out of the game. And as you mentioned, once Terrell comes out, we talked about this uh, after the Jags game. There's been a few games like that, yeah. Yeah, where once AJ Terrell's off the field, the defense just looks different and the opposing offense immediately starts attacking because our cornerback depth is just really, really shaky. Um, and I will say, you know, uh, Moreau has been getting targeted a lot because AJ Terrell is shutting down his side of the field. Moreau has improved uh, over the, mm-hmm. the back half of the season. So I don't think um, the Bucks are going to see necessarily the same defense that they saw before. Um, you know, again, not that uh, this is a great defense. I, I don't want to hype them up, but uh, I do think, as you mentioned, there are some distinctions here. Um, you know, Antonio Brown uh, being out. Uh, on that note, Evan, can you give us an update on what the injury situation looks like for both of these teams? Because obviously, uh, you know, that could be a factor going into this one as well. Yeah. So th- this will be um, Thursday. We're recording this on a Thursday. So this is Thursday's 
uh, injury report for the Falcons. Deion Jones, um, he missed the previous game against Jacksonville. He popped up late on a Friday with a shoulder injury and then ended up being inactive. He was, he's put in back-to-back practices, uh, where he's been a full participant, um, speaking of Wednesday and Thursday. So Friday, I mean, as long as he's out there being a full participant, Deion Jones should be back for Atlanta and that'll be huge um, because we kind of saw, you know, Michael Walker was, you know, someone I really was interested in seeing how he grows um, and he kind of got the reps and it, I don't think he, I don't know what the PFF score was off the top of my head, but I don't think he had a great day, at least in the, the high test. 60s, low 60s, yeah, I believe. So it was yeah. like, okay. Um, Kendall Sheffield also put in full, uh, day of practice for the Falcons on Thursday. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. And then uh, two players did not participate. And that was Jonathan Bullard, who continues to deal with an ankle injury. He had a concussion before that was keeping him away from the practice field. Now he's dealing with an ankle injury. Um, So we'll kind of get a better update on Friday and kind of know if uh, he's headed towards the right direction or if he's a non-participant, you could almost assume he's not playing against Tampa. And then uh, Lee Smith just had a uh, rest day, a veterans rest day, Cordero Patterson and um, uh, Grady Jair also had that on Wednesday Uh, for the Buccaneers. um, I mean, there's just a plethora of players on this list. They have like, it's like 20 guys, Um, but the most notable ones, as you mentioned, Antonio Brown ankle injury, he isn't going to be able to play anyways, because he's suspended. Same with safety, Mike Edwards, who's dealing with a knee injury. Um, But the biggest piece of news was Jason Pierre-Paul, who was a full mm-hmm. participant with a shoulder injury um, on Wednesday, was downgraded to a no- non-participant on uh, Thursday. So if, you know, that's kind of a non-participant thing on Friday. Friday gives us the best outlook of the whole week because it's the final day of practice and we get those injury designations. So um, that's definitely a name to monitor. But then there were some upgrades for him, like Devin White, uh, one of their linebackers. He was limited on Wednesday and now he's a full participant. Um, so we'll we'll get a much better idea uh, on Friday. Yeah, and uh, I know Ali Marpet, one of their arguably their one of their best offensive linemen, mm-hmm. uh, their left guard was out last week. It looks yeah. like he's back. Uh, and he's be... headed towards the right direction. Definitely, yeah. he, he was limited on Thursday. Obviously, there's still another day of practice, and he can be downgraded or upgraded. So we'll know more on Friday. Yeah, um, and, and I bring that up because I theorize basically the only real opportunity this Falcons pass rush, if you want to even call it that uh, the only opportunity they really had was if they could get through, you know, that spot, get through a backup at left guard. And it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Otherwise, you know, this offensive line is absolutely one of the best in football. Um, Mm -hmm. Werfs and and Smith at the tackles, Marpet, uh, Kappa guard, um, Jensen at center. Jensen is, you know, he's, he's a decent enough center, Um, probably the weakest link here, but um, yeah, this is a really, really good offensive line. There, there's a reason the Buccaneers are first in scoring in the NFL right <laughs> it's now. It's funny how no matter where Tom Brady is, he's got a you know top end offensive line. Must yeah. be nice. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean he he chose wise uh, in free agency. Yeah, he did. He, he knew what he was doing. Um, and uh, you know, it's the kind of offensive line we we want for our quarterback. Uh, <laughs> We've we'll wanted see. forever. But. We've wanted for for many years. I think the. <laughs> The one year we got something close to this was 2016, and, and right. we all sort of saw how that played out. Yeah. Um, as for the Buccaneers' offense, honestly, you know, as I'm looking at it, you know, Tom Brady is uh, the ageless man who has sold his soul. Um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, 
you know, even though you don't have Antonio Brown, it's not like they have to have him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been out and they still score. Yeah. So they, he's been out since I think uh, I don't <laughs> think he played week seven. So since week six and they've been fine, you know, right. lost a couple here and there, but nothing that's like, oh, if they only had Antonio Brown, like yeah. Chris Godwin and, you know, Mike Evans are right there at the top when it comes to receivers. So, yeah. And then they have Robert Gronkowski um, and yeah, then back from injury. Yeah. And then, you know, at backup on, at tight end, they have Cameron Brait and freaking OJ Howard. So it's not like this is a team lacking in talent. And oh, yeah, you know, Leonard Fournette uh, coming out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, I, I'm looking at this matchup and I, I still expect the Bucks to basically score at will. Um, if, if they don't score, I, I feel like it's going to be more about what they fail to do than anything that the Falcons do because the Falcons are the worst pass rushing team in the league. Um, AJ Terrell is phenomenal. He's helping this defense. His presence on the field, uh, in essence, makes this defense better because half the field gets shut down. Um, but the rest of the field, th- those guys have to do their jobs too. And, um, you know, this year it's, it's been hit or miss. You know, they did well against the Patriots, uh, which was another high-scoring team. They did okay against the Jaguars. The one, you know, touchdown drive the Jaguars had was when, again, A.J. Terrell came off the field for a period of time. Um, so I feel like the defense is improving, but I, I still don't like the matchup here. Uh, I'm looking at this Bucks offense, and uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see opportunities for the Falcons to, to really knock them off the mark consistently. You know, that that's in my mind, the Falcons offense has to get into a shootout to have any chance of winning this game. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, the only way the Falcons realistically have a chance is if there's some sort of Tampa implosion where they are just tripping over their own feet and Tom Brady's, you know, Falcons will have to take advantage of if there's any opportunities for interceptions or fumbles or anything, they can't let those go by. Um, that's the kind of game you have to have against this Tampa team. And that's kind of been the success of previous teams because um, they have three losses and that's, you know, kind of what the script went for those other teams. They took advantage of opportunities um, to get turnovers. And, you know, obviously you want to keep Tom Brady off the field as much as possible. Um, as you mentioned their you know, their offense is one of the best in the league. Uh, PFF has them as a top passing offense. Uh, I believe they're seventh in run offense and then you got the Falcons, who are like 30th overall defense, according to PFF, and yeah. pass rush, as you mentioned, literally last. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's almost like a David versus Goliath type thing, according to the rankings. Um, we'll see what happens on Sunday. But, yeah, I'm, not, I'm definitely not excited to face this Tampa team because, I mean, when you look at them on paper, um, I earlier in the season I said I thought Dallas had um, the best offense, like, on paper. I mean, Tampa's right there. Yeah. If one one of yeah. them's one, one of them's two. Um, you just look at the holes, and there's not really any. Um, even with Antonio Brown, as you mentioned, running through the roster, um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, great. Leonard Fournette, who's had a resurgence after you know some you know disappointing seasons in Jacksonville. Um, he's second in their team in receptions. A lot of people think of him as kind of like a bruising running back who just goes straight up the middle. Like he's been awesome for him out of the backfield um, catching passes to where they don't, you know, in the past um, Brady had those kind of pass catching running backs um, through, throughout his whole career. They go by different names, but they were all basically the same exact running back where Leonard yeah. Fournette, he kind of brings a different element where, yeah, he can catch the ball, but he'll run over you too. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, very dangerous uh, offense we'll be going up against again. Yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a look at the Falcons offense, what it looks like now versus in week two, uh, what we think that could translate to and ultimately our prediction for the game. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys... It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm with Evan Birchfield. We're previewing the Falcons matchup at home, uh, hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in week 13. This is their second matchup, obviously, uh, for those who remember, in week two, the Buccaneers uh, in Tampa beat up the Falcons, although uh, that beat up really happened in the fourth quarter. Um, and at one point, as Evan mentioned in the first half, it was a tie game at 25-25. And the Falcons did fight back in that game, which was something that you know we haven't seen a lot of uh, in previous years. So uh, let's talk about the Falcons offense and what they need to do to get going against this defense. Now, Tampa has a lot of talent. Uh, on defense. And I want to talk about where they stand statistically. They're sixth in scoring. Um, they're 18th in sacks, which is a little surprising to me. I thought they would be better than that. Um, they're 16th in sack percentage. Um, they're second in rushing yards allowed uh, at 3.7 per carry. And they're ninth in takeaways. So they're not, per- they're dominant. They're really good at stopping the run. Um, and they seem to be, you know, sort of average at, you know, getting to the quarterback. Uh, and that's probably going to take a bit of a hit with, you know, if Jason Pierre Paul is out. Um, obviously, they've got Shaq Barrett uh, and Dominican Sue. Um, Vita Vea can get some push from up the middle. Uh, and I think they sacked Matt Ryan several times when we played him in week two. Uh, and then they're, you know, they're secondary. They, they've got some, they've got some ballers, you know. Uh, Antoine Winfield is a really good safety. Uh, he's just in his second year. Um, you know, Whitehead, Jordan Whitehead is in his fourth year. He's a, he's a quality safety as well. Uh, Jamel Dean at corner. Uh, this is, you know, a defense. Now, their cornerback situation has been hit or miss this year. Uh, they've signed some guys. Their top corner uh, got injured early on. Uh, they brought in Richard Sherman. He is injured. Um and this is probably the spot where if a team had the, the talent, they could take advantage. But right now, <laughs> this is a team, Evan, that in week two had Calvin Ridley uh, to take advantage of a good you know cornerback matchup. But we don't have Calvin uh, for this game. So mm-hmm. um, 
how are you feeling about the Falcons' offense and how they match up, at least on paper, with this Bucks defense? Yeah, I mean, uh, in week two, Calvin Ridley had the most targets um, on the Falcons. So, I mean, you're instantly removing that. You know, they're going to obviously have to spread the ball somewhere else, hopefully more go Kyle Pitts' way. Um, but, you know, that hasn't always been the script every week recently where you think that's going to be the case. Um, I think a big change is going to be, you know, Mike Davis has completely been, you know, phased out of this offense, it seems. Um, you know, week two, looking at the stats, he had nine carries for 38 yards. Um, Cordero Patterson, only seven carries. Cordero Patterson, I mean, he's the running back now. Like on the death chart, he's not yeah. listed as the number one running back, but he is. I mean, Mike Davis, the time where he got to start a couple weeks ago against the Patriots where they, you know, were without Cordero Patterson, Mike Davis was an afterthought. They brought up Quadri Allison from the practice squad, and he was the key running back. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the big changes. You know, all of a sudden the Falcons – you know, those first couple of weeks they were trying to figure out, you know, is Mike Davis the guy? But since then they've kind of figured it out that Cordero Patterson's the best running back they have on this team and maybe maybe the best wide receiver too. I'm not sure, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously, you know, more targets to go towards Russell Gage, um, hopefully Kyle Pitts and some of the other guys. But yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I'm, you know, if I said I was confident, this Falcons offense still lacks a lot of talent and that's not the player's fault, but, and it's not really the coach's faults either. It's no. just kind of what they've been given. Um, but when you look at the roster, I mean, I don't know where you feel confident through the air. Um, Matt Ryan's going to have one of those, have to have one of those games, you know, where he just is able to get things done through the air somehow. Um, Cause you know, three interceptions against them in week two, uh, two of those picks that came later in the game, we're kind of big for the Falcons and yeah. losing. He threw the ball 46 times, which in this kind of game, you have to have a run game against Tampa. If you get into a shootout or like where you're just throwing so much, obviously they got down late. So they had to, you know, start throwing a lot, but you're going to have to have a successful run game. And I, I think we saw what th that kind of impact is um, last week against Jacksonville, where Cordero Patterson went over hundred yards rushing. Um, I think that's going to be the big key here. But obviously, Tampa's got a strong defense that is going to be tough um, on the ground, at least against Tampa in week two. Mike Davis led the day 38 yards on the ground. Cordero Patterson had seven carries for 11 yards. He scored a rushing touchdown, but seven carries for 11 yards, awful. Um, yeah. So I think that'll be the big test is can the Falcons run the ball? Because if you're just making Matt Ryan try and throw the ball all game, um, not only is that usually stopping the clock, uh, it's going to give more time for Tom Brady to obviously be involved in the game, but, you know, bleed the clock against Tampa. I think that's yeah, been the yeah. formula to succeed for some of these teams that have beaten them. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I will say going into the Jaguars game, um, the Jags were third in uh, rushing defense, allowing just 3.9 yards per attempt versus the 3.7 for the bucks right, right ahead of them. And the Falcons to their credit uh, came out of that game running and being very successful with it. They were successful for most of the game. And uh, that was not, it wasn't just Patterson, you know, Gallman had some good runs and uh, even Davis contributed a little bit, but uh, I'm with you. They have to get the run going. Um, I got the feeling this week from Arthur Smith that something was done said, you know, some motivational poster was put up. <laughs> <laughs> 
some guys may have been yelled at, but they put an emphasis going into the Jags game to get the running game straight. And mm-hmm. it it worked, at least for that game. Um, and like you said, I think your best defense against Tom Brady is to keep him off the field, keep that offense off the field. Um, and I, I honestly, if Matt Ryan is passing 40-plus times in this game, something has gone terribly wrong. Um this we it, ultimately we need a balanced a more balanced offense. We've seen what happens when you have to pass fifty times a game. It's not pretty, um, especially with a roster with this many holes at wide receiver. Um, you know, with Russell Gage, who's you know having to take on top corners, whereas for most of his career he's been taking on the number three corner on the team in, in, in any given day, um, and he's just not ready for that. He's not, he, and he's not he's not the guy to, to take on the top corner for another team. Um, perhaps Kyle Pitts has a bigger game in this one, but teams have also, you know, showed they're going to sell out to stop him because they, they look mm-hmm. at the rest of the Falcons roster and they're like, we're not scared of anyone else, you know, except Patterson clearly. Um, and you can't really blame them. No, not at all. Are you, <laughs> are you going to shut, try to shut down Tajay Sharp? Like, is that your strategy? I'm, I, I'm afraid Tajay Sharp is going to be no one, no one in the NFL woke up this morning and had a dream thinking, oh God, I have to shut down Tajay Sharp. No one. That has never happened in the NFL. And I'm no no disrespect to Tajay Sharp. He's not a wide receiver one. He's not a wide receiver two. Um, you know, like Alameda Zacchaeus. Yeah, he's a five. He's a four or a five. <laughs> Alameda Zacchaeus, same thing. And I love Alameda. Um, yeah. you know, but Alameda is being asked to be a wide receiver too. He should be a wide receiver three or four. Um, and you know, th- th- what matters in that is the corner that you're facing on the team. When Calvin Ridley was on the field, he was, he was drawing normally the best corner mm-hmm. and Russell Gage would get the next guy down the rung. Um, and then Alameda would get number three and it would give him, you know, some potential opportunities. And we don't have that right now. No. So it, it I'm with you. The, the Falcons have to continue to build on what they did against the Jaguars and, continue to get this run game going. We need another massive effort, um, not just from Patterson, because it can't just be Patterson. I would love to see, you know, either Wayne Gallman or, or Quadri Olison, um, you know, pick up several carries and, and also do a good job. I will say, uh, you and I, Evan, we, we watched those PFF stats. The offensive line, their run blocking against the Jags was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Almost across the board. And we need more of that. We need those guys to to really whatever got up their crawl last week and made them realize they have to be better. Um, we need that. They they have to duplicate that on Sunday. I mean, PFF has them as fifteenth right now in run blocking. I mean, they're obviously not going to be at the top, but I mean, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll yeah, take the middle of the road. Considering where they were to begin right. the year, I mean, that's progress. Um, and that Jags game was the best performance they've had across the board. It was even guys who have, you know, this year not been great run blockers like Jake Matthews. Uh, he was, he had a great day on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Jalen Mayfield still scored pretty poor in pass blocking, but he was really good on the ground. And that's the kind of thing we need in this game. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I'm looking at their, their secondary. And I, honestly, I, I don't see massive opportunities for Kyle Pitts to, you know, see favorable matchups. Um, you know, maybe Patterson, if you can roll him out, you know, matching up on, you know, someone like Devin White could take advantage of that. 
but yeah, this this the Falcons' talent on offense, I think, is uh, they're just not going to match up well. This is a good mm-hmm. defense. They're six in, in scoring for a reason. I um, think that's what's also hurt the Falcons. Obviously, when you lose Calvin Ridley, but going into the season, they thought they were going to have Calvin Ridley. Um, I don't know if they expected all this production from Cordero Patterson, but I might kind of give them the benefit of the doubt just because they've been using him great. Um, but also I think, you know, they kind of hoped Mike Davis would be maybe not Derrick Henry or anything, but like a top 20 type running back where yeah, not you know, who he, he is now, clearly. Yeah. And, and honestly, like I'll, I'll be the first one to say, like I've been, I, I was one of those before they even signed him. Um, in the off season being like, I think Mike Davis might be a guy they need to target. Like he, yeah. he could be like kind of that bruising back. And we've seen a little bit, but like not anywhere near what the Falcons needed. So now we're sitting here in week 13 and Cordero Patterson by far, I mean, Kyle Pitts is a rookie and he's, he's a tight end who can play a little receiver and whatnot, but Cordero Patterson's by far the best offensive weapon right now. The Falcons have, um, and unfortunately, like if they were able to just keep him at running back, I think obviously that would make such a big impact. But the fact is they're kind of dead uh, uh, across the line, like when it comes yeah. to receiving options and stuff like that. So it's like you almost have to move him around, which kind of takes it out of, you know, what's benefiting the team because um, he, he's, you know, he has 500 receiving yards and then somehow has, you know, the most rushing yards, 411 on the ground. Like he's been their do it all player on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hate that they have to kind of, you know, take him out of what, what, you know, his best role is, which has been kind of being like a running back who can come out and catch passes. Um, yeah. If he becomes that, you know, focal point on the offense where teams are just going to target him to shut him down. Um, you know, that's going to be, that's going to make it difficult for the Falcons to win. And he, he didn't play against um, new England, but if he did, I would have expected him to have a terrible day because new England, they beat you by like the bell checks made a career out of, he beat you by taking out your best player best and player. making, right. making you have to win elsewhere. And I guarantee if Cordero Patterson would have played, he would have had a terrible day, not because of the injury, but because that's what Bill Belichick would have done was to eliminate yeah. Patterson from being the focal point of this offense. And then they would have had to win elsewhere. And we saw without Patterson playing, like they didn't have anywhere else to go. So um, yeah, it, it's just kind of unfortunate because he, he has been, I mean, I've never been so, so surprised by a player's production. Um, oh, it, it's amazing. And we still have plenty of time. I, I really do hope he makes the, the pro bowl. He's made the pro bowl previously for special teams efforts and stuff. But he he's definitely deserving considering what he's done on offense. He's you know every week the offensive MVP when he plays, in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, one of the few guys on this team that deserves that Pro Bowl nod. I would I would argue AJ Terrell uh, along with him, and probably Chris Lindstrom, who's been uh, one of the top tier guards in the league this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking at this Evan and. I'll be honest. Uh, I feel going into this game like I did going into the Cowboys game, um, which is I don't have a lot of hope that the Falcons can win this one. That said, you know, it's a division game. Division games can go sideways. As you mentioned, the Saints beat Tampa Bay several weeks ago. In fact, they beat them the week before we went into New Orleans and beat the Saints. Um, So division games can often go off script, but in my mind, that's that's basically the only hope the Falcons have. Um, they're 11-point 
underdogs at home, which is really the equivalent of being a 14 point underdog because you get essentially three points at home. And yeah, this is this is bad, man. Like this yeah. is uh this is one of the teams that right now where this Falcons team is at, where the coaches are at, all of it. Um, I just don't think they're capable of beating a team like this. Now, would love to be proven wrong, but uh I, I just think in the in the new journey for the Falcons, this is not the year. This is not the team. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, let's give our predictions, buddy. Before we close this one out, how do you think the, this one's going to play out? Well, all three losses the the Buccaneers have came on the road. Um, but so I'm gonna say the final score will be 31 to 27. Falcons pull an upset. Yeah, let's get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think coming off, you know, they, they barely scooted by the Colts um, last week. They beat the Giants, but I mean, that was on Monday Night Football, and I, I was not impressed in that game. Like, I thought they should have been able to beat them more because the Giants are terrible. Um, I think the Falcons just wake up. You know, maybe they run the ball a lot. I'm, I'm saying 31 27 Atlanta. Wow, I love it. And I'll it. definitely be wrong, but no one will remember. <laughs> so <laughs> oh my God. Um yeah, I I would love to join you in that uh in the warm waters of that pool of optimism, but uh <laughs> I have prepared myself for the the shockingly cold water at the deep end of the pool that I'm I'm diving into. Yeah. Um I, I actually think that it's gonna play to the the uh the betting lines. I think it's gonna be Buccaneers 35, Falcons 24. Uh, hmm. And perhaps I was going to say, uh, perhaps the talk of the Falcons making the playoffs uh, will come to an end, but I don't think it will because the reality is like three quarters of the NFC sucks. So, right. <laughs> the Falcons are literally on the bubble somehow. Yeah. And like you've got Russell Wilson out there, you know, looking like he's forgotten how to play quarterback at times. Um, yeah. This is just such a weird, weird year uh, for you know, the playoffs and, you know, I've talked about it before, but that seventh playoff spot that they're going to regret adding it this year. Um, mm-hmm. Some NFC team is going to take that seventh spot and absolutely crap the bed. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And, and then when you look at the Falcons schedule, it all like earlier in the season, it was terrifying, but it's all of a sudden not that scary. Like, yeah, they have Tampa this week, um, but then they have Carolina who like, I mean, I don't even it's know what's happening the there at quarterback yeah. right now. There's already been talk of, their coach may be going to college next year, two oh, years no. from now. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, San Francisco is going to be out, be without Debo Samuel. Who's literally like a younger Cordero Patterson. Like he runs the ball and catches the ball. Um, he, he might not play in that game. Cause he's going to be out a couple weeks um, with an injury. Then you got the lions, like Falcons should be able to beat them. Um, and then you finish with at Buffalo that could be a loss because it could be snowing and that would be terrible for the Falcons who mm. obviously play inside. Um, and then you have the saints at home. Like there's, there's a lot, I mean, there's winnable games there oh, where they can make an impact. Um, it definitely is unfortunate that they lost to Washington um, early in the season because yeah. it comes down to a tiebreaker. I, uh, Washington, I believe right now it's the seventh seed and they the are. NFC, yeah. so, and they have the same record as the Falcons, but obviously Falcons lost to them in week four. So, yep. Um, so this is, this is playing out very, very interestingly. All right. Um, Evan, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at M Birchfield um, and then at thefalcolic.com doing injury reports. Also, it's um, uh, let's see what else we got going on. Fantasy previews on Friday. Um, my cause, my cleats. Uh, I did an article yep. on that. It's a uh, it's a good one of the best things I think the NFL's done in recent years is to kind yeah. of make that a normal thing where players can you know, show their creativity, um, getting their shoes designed to, uh, honor and, and raise awareness to these, uh, nonprofit organizations, um, for different causes and whatnot. Um, so look at that if you want, um, it's pretty cool. And on Sunday you'll see, um, if you're watching TV and you're like, why is that guy wearing yellow cleats? It's cause they are allowed to this week, um, to kind of they're all playing for different charities and organizations and stuff so that'll be pretty cool um to see and then uh follow the falcolic on twitter on instagram the underscore falcolic and then we're on facebook the falcolic also so yeah um and then me and dw will have a preview next week um and our obviously our post game post game yep post game i don't want to jump the gun we do have a post game we we hopefully (laughs) (laughs) where we'll talk about how evan called the victory against tampa oh man if that happens all the playoff (laughs) talk will will ramp to a hundred oh my it's gonna be amazingly ugly yeah it's gonna be just uh (laughs) the disaster we all expect it to be yeah all right as for you guys you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic dw Updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod. And of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.